This is the Death of a Dream podcast with your host, Ananas. Welcome! We are going to go ahead and get started and crown ourselves in our greatness just like we do every single day. Now, you may be asking, why? Why, Hannah? Why do we do this? This seems silly. Because, people, I need you to start going into the world with the confidence you were built with. Like, think about it. Girls, and I'm just going to speak to all of us here. I have a feeling not many men listen to this, although some of them may listen just for the um, pure joy of making fun of me. And that's okay, too. Um, (laughs) But think about it. Like, I think about my three-year-old all the time. And she fearlessly puts together outfits and and does just the craziest thing most of the craziest things running around her house butt naked and living the best life she can possibly live all the time and I think about like how how that's just built in and over time we break that spirit down and that's what we're going to talk about all day today but I really want to root you in the fact that this is who you are and it gets broken down in us so much through growing up through adolescence through teenage years for goodness sakes I can't even tell you how many times it was broken in me in my teenage years but I need you to rebuild your confidence in this space I need you to find your greatness and your ability to live fearlessly to do the things that you were destined to do and that is going to take you rebuilding that part of yourself. Doing this every day is going to change the trajectory and I know you're probably sitting there like really saying one great thing about myself every day is going to change my trajectory. I doubt it. You're crazy. Um, But it is and it's going to do it in two ways. One, you're actually going to start looking for greatness in your life. That's imperative, right? If you see greatness, you will be greatness. Got it? Secondly, it's going to build your ability to speak to these things when they're called on and to call on yourself for the great things that you have accomplished. Trust me, I've sat in plenty of interviews where I have diligently handed all of my accomplishments off to team members, right? Off to our team, which is great, except for it depends on who you're interviewing with. It depends on who you're interviewing against, right? So I need you to start working this muscle again. I need you to start speaking to your greatness and calling on it and finding it in your life. You are doing great things every day. So my great thing from yesterday was I pushed through that wall of not feeling like my voice was important. And that is hard to do. I was sitting in a space of unconfidence and I was sitting in a space of just shut up. Nobody cares. And when I go to those spaces, I tend to silence myself. And it's important when you do know something, you don't have to know everything, but that you keep speaking to it. And your silence is not going to get you anywhere. 
so yesterday I was just struggling with like, just shut up. Nobody cares. Stop talking about it. Just stop. Um, and I pushed through that wall and I ended up making a really great connection with someone and, and kind of level setting mindsets together. And had I froze myself in that moment of incapability, those words would have never been spoken and never would have connected with someone and possibly never would have changed the landscape. I think you have to be willing to pioneer and to keep going until you find someone that connects with what you're saying and how you're saying it. And so yesterday I did end up connecting with someone, but I started the day just wanting to stop talking on the subject because I wasn't getting anywhere. Um, So go ahead and recognize yourself for a great thing that you did. If you remember my great thing from the other day, it was literally that I got out of bed. So your great thing is your great thing. What do you recognize as something great in your day? Don't overthink it. Is getting out of bed you being greater than something that would have stopped you two weeks ago? Then that's great. And say it out loud, right? And you get double, extra, triple bonus points if you say it out loud to someone, but you don't have to because the world is baited with people who want to bring you down. So be careful who you share it with, but definitely try to get those bonus points. Try to find a community if you can't find that community, but you want extra celebration because you are freaking epic. Go ahead and head on over to nothing.com and fill out the greatness um, form and talk about your great thing. You don't even have to put in who you are. You can fill it anonymously. Those aren't required fields. I ask for your name and email address, but you do not have to fill that in. You can submit your great thing anonymously, and I will read it here on the Death of a Dream podcast, and we will celebrate with you, right? Let's do this. So, we're going to dive in today. I have had a couple of different impact moments over the last day that have really shaped where my mindset has gone with all of this. Um, I'm, and I'm, I'm not sure which point I want to start on, but I'm sure that we will cover all of them because that's typically how this works. So... <clears throat> I had been talking with a very close friend and we had been talking about courage and, and the, the courageous spaces that you go to. And I, I think about my great thing and really having the courage to step out and to speak again and to try again, right? That this entire podcast is based on the death of your dream. And I, I think all the time about women and why we go to these places and, and how we get here. And I think sometimes the expectations that are set for women just really aren't the same as men. And so when you think about how your dream dies, probably comparatively to to, to men, we have... a ton more dream deaths comparatively 
right? Because you think about how you're raised and, and how, how there's this expectation that you'll, you'll be a wife and you'll be a mother. And, and if those things happen for you, then you're going to have to recover from a whole new death of a dream, right? Because yes, those things have always been on your agenda, probably because of how you were raised and, and this like, deep, dark forecast of what your life is supposed to look like according to X, right? Um, and once you get that form, the the world is kind of set up for you <laughs> to kill your other dreams. Because now you're supposed to become this thing. And you're supposed to focus all of your energy there. And in fact, if you don't, everyone will suffer and you will have killed both dreams at the same time. You'll just suck at everything, right? And that's kind of how the world is built. You can't be both. And <laughs> it's so fun. And if you you didn't get all of those traditional, in quotations, yes, I'm doing air quotes here, all of those traditional forms, then this other dream that you didn't even really have, but that was projected on you, that you're just supposed to naturally be inclined to go after, then that dies. And so inherently, men don't have these same forecasts generally, of what it's supposed to look like for them to be successful. They get to just go willy-nilly and create. So like men who go out and forge a career and never focus on family or, or, or wives or any of that, they're just trailblazers and ball busters and, and they're, they're in business and that's okay, right? But if a woman goes out and does that, there are questions about how, oh, didn't you ever want a husband? Oh, didn't you ever want children? Isn't that just feeding at your soul? Yet, that's never asked of male counterparts doing the same thing. And so we are, we'll always have to come back to that. People will bring us back to that reality that even if this was your dream and this is exactly what you envisioned, there is a projected dream on all of us that we would fall into the normal, in air quotes, mode that women should want and feel and need. And when those things don't happen, that's the death of a dream, even if it isn't actually your dream, there are going to be people projecting that dream on you and struggling with the fact that you don't want to align with that, right? I still get asked probably once a week when I'm going to have more children, right? I have two. I don't, I don't know why I need 12. I I, I'm good. I, I really enjoy my life. That's not to say that at some point in the future, there won't be more opportunities. But like right now, I'm good. Okay? Why do you get to question that? Why do you get to question what this dream looks like for me? Right? Why is it up to everyone else's agenda for what they have in our lives? And why, as women, is that question easier to ask? Why is that an agenda item for me and not for my husband? Not that people don't ask him to, because they do. Um, but the 
pressure of that question falls on me. Why? Because you're just supposed to want to. You're supposed to want to fill your house so full of kids that you can't see straight, which is great. Some people have that want in their life. They have that dream for their life. I don't. Let it go, right? It's okay. Everyone's life and goals look different, but I can't help but think that women have more dreams that die because of the projection that is put on our lives the second that we find out that we're girls, right? The second that you come out of your mom, all of a sudden you are filled with the hope of becoming X, Y, and Z, right? And it's similar for men. It just isn't as prescribed, right? And I can't tell you how much I hate a prescribed life. I don't like it. (laughs) Everybody should be able to live how they envision it for their lives, right? And there's a prescription for girls, right? And and I'm trying to strongly raise my girls to follow whatever it looks like for them. And I think there's so much pressure for you to fall in that first projected dream of your life that it's hard to fearlessly move past that not being a reality for you, right? Even when I would say, and if you've been listening for a while, you'll know this, even when I would say to people, no, I'm just really going to be that cool aunt. Like, I'm never been a babysitter, never really cared about kids, never really wanted them. I actually convinced every boyfriend that I had that we would never have children. And even when I would say that, people would be like, oh, okay, that's cute. You will, though. You will. But that's cute, right? And and people still say that. Oh, yeah, that's cute. You only want to have two kids. Okay, you'll have more. <laughs> but that's cute, right? And they're, maybe they're not wrong, right? Obviously, they weren't. I have two children, which it's my husband's fault. Okay, people, I can't help it. Man is a magnet, okay? Comes from a bloodline that should be continued. Had I married the other dumb fucks that I dated, those are bloodlines that shouldn't have been continued. It needed to end, and I was going to bring it to an end. (laughs) You're welcome, world. I was doing this world a favor, right? But my husband's bloodline needed to be continued and I have the blessings of two beautiful children that have drastically changed the trajectory of my life. Because had they never come into my world, first and foremost, I wouldn't be here coming to you because those two children of mine remind me every single day that if I am not living a life of my dreams, neither will they. Right? They can't see it. They don't know what it looks like to pursue something fearlessly and to go do what you want to do and to set your own agenda. Right? First and foremost. Secondly, they create balance in my life that I never would have had. I can promise you that I am a crazy, insane workaholic. And they bring me back to reality more than I even like to think. Right? 
the reality that life is happening. Even outside of all of these things, life still goes on and every single day is such a beautiful gift and they remind me that. And so they're wonderful. But if if I had never gone down that path, that would have been okay too. But the world would have reminded me, probably daily, that that dream guy, don't you miss that? Don't you want that? Right? And we don't ask about that dream of men because that isn't an automatic thing. It doesn't just happen. You don't just look at a man and go, oh, he doesn't have a wife and kids. Oh, oh I bet he always wanted that. No, you don't even question it. And you definitely don't question it if he's like a mega millionaire. You're just like, oh, I bet he works all the time and that wouldn't fit in his life. But do you think the same things about a woman in that position? Probably not. You probably think about, oh, how lonely she she is and how much she probably longs for a child. And I wonder if she wants children. We don't look at it the same. And so that's what got me thinking Women who forge new paths, who are pioneers, who are willing to do that are insanely courageous because you have to recover from projected deaths of your dream every day. And those may not be dreams that you ever had on your list, right? I always thought that my dream just looked different from what everyone thought it would be. Right? I always thought that children weren't in my future, weren't going to happen. And that was okay. That just wasn't my dream. Right? But people continued to remind me that it should be if it wasn't. Right? That that dream is important. So you're going to recover from that every single day. From dreams that you don't even have. From dreams that are just projected on you. And so every time that it's brought back up, you question whether or not that is. And you have to recover from that space every time it's brought up. Is that my dream? Do I want that? Right? And you're going to continue to be questioned. And so it's wildly imperative that we keep showing what that could and does look like for us because it's individual and it's not really fair for us to have projections of what it looks like for females and for women for us to have to live through the death of a dream that we don't even have for ourselves and yet we're going to have to continue to recover from it. Continue to question it because everyone is going to continue questioning it. And yesterday my daughter floored me with this question. And it all runs together. She said... So we were listening to music on our uh, Google Home Hub and it was playing YouTube videos and an ad came on for a female president. And 
my six-year-old turned and looked at me and in kindergarten right now they're learning all the precedents and she turned and she looked at me and she said if if that girl's if she becomes the president she'll be the first one she'll be the first president the first girl president and I was like yeah won't that be awesome and she said yeah and then she went back to dancing and listening to the music and doing all the things and so she went back to dancing and she stopped the music and she looked at me perplexed and she said but mom why hasn't there ever been a girl president And uh, shockingly, if you listen to this every day, you'll realize how shocking this is. I was speechless and, and I didn't even know how to respond to that question. And so it had me thinking about it and thinking about it more. So then I start thinking about this, like, well, there hasn't been one. Oh, and why hasn't there? And I think it's related to all of these projected dreams that are projected on us. And, and when you have a dream like me, early on, you could be told no. You could be told that's not possible for your life. And if you don't recover from that, if the death of your dream stays the death of your dream, you may never start taking steps again. And I wonder how many women are wildly capable of taking that seat that got stopped when they were little because people around them couldn't perceive that as possible and they definitely couldn't let them dream it and get hurt. And I think a lot of times we, per we protect women because they seem so fragile right? And because they're supposed to think of how courageous you have to be to chase a dream like that. Because you're going to have to overcome not only the dreams, the people who are going to go after the audacity of, audacity, audacity of your dreams, right? Not only are you going to have to overcome all of those people who are going to say, hasn't been done, can't be done, you aren't going to do it. You're also going to probably have to overcome not living the projected dream either. And so instantly you have to overcome probably comparatively at least the death of three dreams, if that's what you want to go do. The death of possibly three projected dreams, if you really want to focus on your career and get somewhere, right? And then that makes you a different kind of woman. And people are threatened by that. And they don't know how to even react to you. Because you're supposed to fall into this very assigned lifestyle. 
by this projected vision of what your life is supposed to look like. People don't know how to react to you. People don't know how to take you, right? And because of that, you're going to have to recover over and over and over again. And that takes courage to keep pioneering on that road. I actually did an interview a couple of weeks ago, and I remember thinking to myself, there was a, a man interviewee and a woman, and I remember thinking, I think the woman probably makes more sense in this position, right? That's probably what it's going to take. However, if we want to get somewhere quickly, it is probably going to take a man with where with the reality of our situation right now. That person can probably get us there faster. That man can probably get us there faster. And so I think that's the reality. We have this inherited comfort level with men being leaders, with men being strong, with men forging for food. We have this comfort level. Because in our minds, we haven't already had to break down the fact that it's okay for them to be this. It's already been done. It's already been forged. That path has happened over and over and over again. And so when my six-year-old asked that, I didn't have a great response. I was floored by the question. I was like, really, why hasn't there been? Well, it takes a pioneer, right? And it takes a woman who has built up her ability to recover from the death of a million dreams. And that's what we're doing here every day. I don't want you to stop going after it because it didn't look like exactly what people wanted it to look like because it didn't look like exactly what you wanted it to look like. You have the ability to forge past the death of any dream and I don't care what it is. And you don't have to fall into what people project on you. Right? Because as women, we have these inherited projections of dreams for our lives that we don't have a say in. We're supposed to want to be wives. We're supposed to want a house. We're supposed to want babies. And we're reminded every second that we don't follow that exact path that we should want those things. And we inherit deaths of dreams that we don't even have for our own lives. And the world will make us think that we have to recover from that. That we should feel bad because we don't have those dreams. Because we should. Because other women do. Because that path has been pioneered for women. And the opposite hasn't. 
And so it's easier for the world to believe that that is the path that you should take. Because there aren't enough people doing the opposite and being recognized for it. I don't want you to live in the shadows of the death of the one dream that you have. And when I was listening to a podcast that someone had, my friend had sent me yesterday on courage and on your ability to recover, I realized that you have to be willing to live through that. And you have to be willing to take the fact that it may start looking different for you, right? That your dream may die, but if you can wake up again, change what it looks like, and continue forging on that path, you are courageous. And it is going to take an awful lot of courage and recovery from the death of any dream that you've had right? When my dream died, the first one that I ever had, being a Division I athlete, when that died, I had to rethink what living out that dream was going to look like for me. And you know what it was? Being a coach, being a winning coach, winning a state title, right? And that took courage to even bring myself back in that arena. To even think that I deserved it. Because I hadn't reached the first version that I had for that dream. But you have to wake up and be willing to recover from the death of any dream that you have. And that is going to take a lot of courage. And I think if we want to start pioneering new spaces, we have to be willing and, and stop putting the question in front of people that inherently forces a projection of a dream that we don't even have for our lives as women, right? Stop making us recover from something we don't even want. Because we are projecting deaths of dreams on people, making them second guess if that was something that they wanted. We're making them recover from that and we're building in lack of confidence and vision for what it looks like for their lives. Right? And so we have to be willing to courageously pioneer new paths and not second guess and don't build in second guesses for every single woman who does so, right? Start accepting the new paths that we are willing to forge. So that's all that we have today on the Death of a Dream podcast. I hope that you feel inspired to start pioneering your own paths today. Go out, make the world great. You can check out all things The Death of a Dream at nusink.com. Hope to see you over there. Go ahead and drop into the chat box and chat with me. I hope to see you there.